Welcome to Food News. I'm Juliette Littman. Hold on. We got to start over. I need to see Wargs. Why? I just want to see him. I like oh. to see his reaction, see what he's okay. up to. I like to see. <laughs> All right. He was just doing his job. Smile. If I say something funny, he'll laugh. It'll help. Yeah, you don't. You want a crowd. You want the positive yeah, reinforcement yeah, you know, like of easy crowd. Exactly. <laughs> I have a very fragile ego. <laughs> okay. What's up, guys? Rachel Lindsay here, and I am teaming up with your favorite Ringer podcasters to deliver the Bravo drama and news that you've been craving on Morally Corrupt. It's the show about all things Bravo, from the housewives to summer house and everything in between. We'll be mentioning it all every week. Check it out on Spotify and TheRinger.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Food news. I'm Juliette Littman. And I'm David Jacoby. Let's put 30 minutes on the clock. 30 minutes. Jacoby, let's just be up front. We're not together today. You're in Miami. We're not today. I'm in New York. I'm in Miami covering the Eastern Conference Finals game three. I'll be asking you about the food in Miami as we get to food news, as we get to personal food news. But oh, great. Great. listen, we, we no taste test today, but it doesn't matter because Mike Wargs, our producer, Mikey Wargs, put together a fantastic rundown. And we so many good stories are going to get into it right now. Beginning in one of my favorite publications, or I should say most read publications, the New York Post. <laughs> I can't <laughs> very say favorite. Big difference. Yeah. Very big difference. <laughs> can't say favorite, but certainly read very, very frequently. A lot of people were tweeting about this. Perhaps you're aware. Anna Wintour, there's a biography coming out about her. So her lunch order went viral on social this media. Is the best. This is the best story I think we've ever had. <laughs> So Anna Wintour's go-to lunch when she was working at the World Trade Center was a steak and caprese salad without the tomatoes from the nearby Palm restaurant. Palm is like a fancy steakhouse chain. You've probably heard of it. Mm. And basically, this means she got steak with a side of cheese. And that's in Maisel. I go to this particular Palm because I now live in that neighborhood. And it looks like the uh, petite filet, I want to call it. It's like an eight-ounce filet. Mm -hmm, She probably mm -hmm. gets it medium. And the caprese salad, there's a picture really helped. The caprese <laughs> really salad did. without cheese is just two slices of high quality buffalo mozzarella, but there's yeah. a drizzle on it. You get the drizzle on there. Yeah, it's a drizzle of like, it looks like a basil olive oil to me, you know? 
Um, so if you ask a nutritionist, you're like, what are two things I should avoid? They'll be like red meat and cheese. <laughs> and a waitress is like leaning into that. Like, guess I what? I mean, it's working, I guess. She seems to be in good health here in her 70s. She's a seems fit. But a couple other important details. First of mm-hmm. all, this costs $77.33 for her, her go-to lunch. That's like being it. like my go-to lunch for me is like, you know, God willing chopped 15 bucks. Great. $77. I mean, come on. That's including the tip. I'm sure she tips. Well, another detail I loved about it was the plating. Explain the plating of the salad. (laughs) Well, it, I'm just going to read directly from the article. The deluxe dish would arrive in a ceramic plate provided by the palm and then would be replated by an assistant. Replated. Not by the assistant, Juliet, not by the assistant, by the second assistant. There's a hierarchy. It's like, it's like below deck. There's there's the second student, third student. The second assistant would get it. It comes on a plate and then she would have to unplate that plate, replate to the other plate. So she has a fresh plate. It's wild. Also, for many years, only until recently, they were keeping the plates. They didn't return them to the palm. So it was just like be in the office kitchen. So is the palm factoring in the cost of the plate into this meal? I hope they are. Well, if you think about it, so it said like she would get it what, three or four times a week or whatever. So, all right, mm-hmm. so these plates are getting, imagine they're getting cleaned, but they're not getting like reused. No. So at this Vogue <laughs> office, they just have a stack. It's like ratatouille. They have a stack of like 50 Gross. plates just stacking up and stacking up. It's like it's like beer bottles in a college dorm or something. It's just like, and this is how many lunches I've had from the palm. Then they start <laughs> recycling the plates. It, this, it, when I looked at the picture, I was like, that looks like a pretty good lunch, if you ask me. It looks pretty it does, good. It does look good. Also, I will say, I don't know if it's like good heart health, but that's a paleo, it's a good paleo lunch, you know? Cheese, yes, cheese no and carbs. meat. No carbs. And, and I don't like tomatoes, but I do like tomatoes in certain environments. It's insane. And in in you, a caprese salad, I enjoy tomatoes. We used to go to Corner Bakery Cafe for lunch together a lot, which mm-hmm. I miss. I'd like to have a Corner Bakery Cafe in my salad life. Salad lunch. They yeah. Like just, a free little bread cookie thing. Yeah, totally. You would always get your salads without tomatoes. And like, I genuinely don't understand. Like tomato is like part of the fabric of a salad to me. Like it's a must. I don't like tomatoes. I think so they're weird. gross and slimy. Do you like them it's, cooked? It's, no, it's Freudian. Okay. My very first tomato, Clem Selden, was my neighbor, grew a tomato. He's like, do you want a tomato? And I'm like, four. And he gave me this tomato. And I remember sitting, I remember the moment. I sit down at the dining room table and I bite into it. And the slime squirts all over my cheeks. <laughs> so I took like a huge apple bite of it. And the slime and the seeds just like spread all over my face. And I was just, I was horrified. And ever since then, I don't like tomatoes, but I do like tomatoes on a caprese salad, unlike in a winter. So bizarre. Let's move on, but stay kind of on topic. Relatedly, we have previously talked about Dolly Parton on two occasions. One, we tried the Dolly Parton Jenny's ice cream, which was very good. Two, we talked about the TikTok musical that's coming about the Mexican pizza. So we food did a food news, news, food news follow up and we've learned two crucial items. First of all, two. well, more than two, but as related to our previous conversations, number one, Dolly Parton, I would like to recommend to her uh, a dirty soda because she puts ice cream in her coffee. That's her cream. My favorite dessert is an affogato. Yeah. And this is a great combination. And if you think if you're putting cream in coffee, like heavy cream, like you're you're not doing yourself any health no. problems by putting like sugary cream in there. If you put sugar and cream in, basically just cold sugar and cream is ice cream. I love yeah. this. Here's my concern though. She, okay. she, her favorite flavor is strawberry. 
Right. Is she putting strawberry ice cream in the coffee? You know, it's a great question. It doesn't say. I, I, as someone who likes to have strawberry ice cream in my Coca-Cola, I can't judge. So (laughs) I, I support Dolly. But one thing I really liked about the ice cream method and how she, how much, how she decides how much to put into her coffee. It's based on color. She wants her coffee to be tan. And I feel Mm. the exact same way about how I put Mm. in my milk. It's based on color. There's such a, like a visual element to my morning coffee routine. I totally get it. Dolly made me feel really good that like she and I had something in common, but then I learned she also has something in common with Mark Wahlberg, which is that she starts her day at 3 a.m. What are you doing, Dolly? What this are you is, doing? This is the thing about like someone like Dolly Parton. You're like, wow, she's just like us. She puts coffee in, in her, she puts cream in her coffee. And you're like, nope, she maximizes her day by waking up at 3 o'clock. And I'm just and like, Another fuck. great detail is her coffee, not to, doesn't just say coffee, specifically Folgers coffee. Folgers. It's so old school. <laughs> it's so like I, I was sort of raised in the 40s and 50s. I'm sorry, Dolly, if I just aged you. But like it's just so <laughs> old school. Folgers. I don't even know how to make Folgers. If someone gave me like a can of Folgers, I, I would be like, do I add hot water? Do I, do I heat it? Like, you I, would I have no idea what to do. What to do. Yeah, I can read the packaging and figure it out. Yeah, you'd get there. There actually are a lot of good instant coffee options. I want to try them on this pod. We will in the future. Um, She also uh, follows a low carb diet. A lot of egg salad, apparently, for her. But on the she keeps egg salad on deck. Yeah, she made this like I just like she's got like a big salad bowl full of egg salad just in her fridge, just in case. You know, I hate egg salad, so I found that really gross. But whatever, fair enough. And then lastly. She is a big fan of Taco Bell and she loves to love enjoy it. tacos with her husband. She also said she liked uh, Indian, Italian, and Mexican food, but really Taco Bell, just like us. It's one thing she said that I absolutely love, Dolly, and Dolly is perfect. She said, I don't like pretty food. I want my food to be ugly. If it's pretty, it's not going to taste good. And I was like, preach, Dolly. She's like, if it's pretty, count me out. Love it. Dolly Parton, you, you are our North Star. You, you, you are our, True for you so are many people. Our deity. Dolly Parton. Next, moving into the the cheese crime world, one of our favorite <laughs> worlds to be in. Yes. Dipping back into the cheese crime world. <laughs> we told you about uh cheese theft, but yes. very, very expensive one. The makers of official Parmigiano Reggiano, meaning it comes from Parma in Italy, has introduced something to fight against counterfeit cheese. They're inserting a technology that you shouldn't even be able to notice into the cheese to make sure that there is not fake Parmesan cheese going around that you think is real. And this article comes to us from Yahoo News. It actually begins with a huge assumption. Most people understand, hopefully, that when they grab Kraft Parmesan cheese, they're not getting official Parmigiano Reggiano from Italy. But I'm just like, do most people know do that? Most people do, yeah. Like I understand there's a difference in quality that like if I if I get the little like plastic tin from the fridge that's craft, that that's gonna taste very different than if I'm in a steakhouse and they like freshly shave it off of a wheel. Okay. But I understand the bourbon stuff and the champagne and the difference and all that, but I did not know that Parmesan cheese had to be from Parma. I only recently learned, I recently learned that like from some food show, but I, I, it's like a a learning within the last five years. So it's not like, I I just, I just take issue with this article. But anyway, the consortium, which is the, um, the group of Parmesan (laughs) Reggiano makers based in Italy (laughs) have introduced the pea chip micro, which goes into the, um, 
Kaysen label, which goes around, it's like, uh, you know, around it essentially. And it's a blockchain crypto anchor that creates a digital twin for physical items. It's a scam. Say, Say it again. Say it again. It's a blockchain crypto anchor that creates a digital twin for physical items. This scannable new food tag is smaller than a grain of salt and highly durable, delivering next generation visibility and traceability. It's, wait, first, how is it scannable if it's smaller than a grain of salt? How do you know where it is to scan it? And number two, I thought all of this was way too much for cheese until you get to the numbers. The finances of, of what's at stake here is, is mind-blowing. Give them the numbers, Julia. I mean, this is a $2.44 billion market industry. And the the black market, fraudulent cheese, is $2.08 billion. So it's like a what? lot of money going on. Let's say you invested $200 million into fighting fake Parmesan cheese. Cheese broad, yeah. You would get back potentially a billion dollars. I mean, it's worth it. It's just, it's it just shocking. It. This it's- consortium, first of all, I want to just thank Mike um, for putting the Godfather music underneath this whole thing once after once you say consortium. Because like I this is the like this is big business. And big this time. Is, I imagine that the, whatever conference room that the consortium gets together in is well catered and everyone's wearing suits and it looks a lot like um, that scene in uh, Godfather when the baseball bat comes out. I've only seen that movie one time. Sorry, this is not the rewatchable. Let's check that out if you really love the okay. Godfather. I might have gotten him wrong. It could be good, fellas. All right. Shall we move on? Yes. It's a very topical topic. It's coming up real soon. The Queen of England, you may know her as Matt, her Madge, uh, or Elizabeth R. <laughs> her Platinum Jubilee is coming up. She's been queen for 70 years. That is absolutely insane. And they just announced that she'll be having like a big concert with like, I, I gotta say, I feel like the queen could do better. Like Ed Sheeran's not performing. He's like really famous Britain right now, but whatever. No Harry Styles. Like, okay. They're bringing back yeah. queen with Adam Lambert as the lead because Freddie Mercury is dead. It's just like bizarre. I thought uh, the queen could do better. Anyway. Yeah, who's booking Who's booking this? I know. It's it's super weird. And then they're like, there's all these British people who are going to be participating. But like, again, no Ed Sheeran. Elton John will is be there, Ed but Sheeran, be a tape. Like, oh, I'm, I'm doing Oklahoma City that day. I can't be there, queen. Ed, what are we doing? Ed, Ed Sheeran was in Bridget Jones's Diary 3. So like, if he can't show up to the Queen's <laughs> Platinum <laughs> Jubilee, but he can show up for Bridget Jones's diary, we have it a problem. Like extra in, in Game of Thrones season seven. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I forgot he was in that first episode. <laughs> yeah. He's he like singing like it's a bar <laughs> by a fire. Anyway, Lemon and Amorati Trifle are the official pud, as they say, on the Great British Bake Off of the Queen's uh, Platinum Jubilee. And I mention it. Because uh, one of the judges who decided on this was Mary Berry from the Great British Bake Off. I know that Mike Wargon is excited about this. Anyway, there were several finalists and the judges included not only Mary Berry, but also the Fortnum and Mason executive pastry chef, Roger Pisey, uh, former Bake Off winner, Raul Mondal, master chef, Mo- judge Monica Galletti. You know, it's a real who's who. Um, and- I have a question. I had no idea that Marion Berry was part of... Uh- Mary, Mary, yeah, Barry Barry was one of the original judges, and she's now oh, okay. no longer with the show. Not Mary and Barry. Mary Barry, former DC man. No, that's a different person. Okay. Good joke. Good one. Try it. That might have worked better <laughs> if we were in the same room together. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
this pud is made of the buttercream and raspberry jam. And uh, that is one of Queen Victoria's favorite. Oh, excuse me. That's the Victoria sponge. I take it back. Yeah, please. Sorry. Please. I, I actually love a Victoria sponge, which is a classic dish that they make on Bake Off. And my friend Catherine and I, we ate it together at Kensington Palace. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this trifle, this pud is crafted with layers of lemon curd, Swiss roll. Absolutely delicious. St. Clement's jelly, lemon custard, a mandarin coolie, Amaretti biscuits and whipped fresh cream. This sounds fucking delicious. It's also tapped with topped with more Amaretti biscuits and a jeweled chocolate bark. I mean, anything that the basis of it is a Swiss roll of any kind. I am 100% in this sounds delicious. There's so much going on. When you look at the picture, the, the don't sleep on the jeweled chocolate bark. It, it juts out like stalactites or stalagmites. <laughs> Everyone come from the bottom and there, it's just like a crown. It, it, it looks sort of like a crown. It looks really good. So appropriate. It looks really good. So many layers. A little too much jelly for my taste. No, not me. There's a little, like a little too much. That should be a thinner layer of jelly. But the whole thing looks fantastic. I just need to know, like, how much, how sweet it is. Like, because some of these ingredients actually don't sound that sweet. Like a lemon custard. How much sugar? yeah. Yeah, I'm just curious. But this looks delicious. Like, literally, my mouth is watering. I kid you not. So, do you get a small cup of this, or do you get a slice of a big? big huge thing of it i would guess that for like this catering crowd they probably have like small cups that's what i'm thinking too that you get an individual yeah. thing which i would much prefer than getting like a slice of something that's so like gelatinous me you know too I mean? this is really personal food news but just side note last week i went to a dinner and for dessert they handed out like trays of four different kinds of desserts and they were like mini mini not they were like smaller than your average handheld dessert and it was awesome because mm. then you could try so many different things it wasn't too big of a serving i loved it i love a small dessert that's just like a bite it's just fantastic that's it's great i mean no one's gonna disagree with that i would rather have four desserts than one dessert yeah of course you want you want a sample you want to try a lot of I different love, things i love variety yeah me too this episode is brought to you by cars.com when you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. Cold slurpy drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven and your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small slurpy drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that about me going forward. Anytime there's a drink like this, I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through 1725? 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax. Participating U.S. stores see app for full terms. All rights reserved. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. 
When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Next story. This comes to us from the New York Times by Priya Krishna, who uh, is frequently on Recipe Club. So check that out. Anyway, Jacoby, dress codes for restaurants are back. She gave a few examples, including Les Trois Les Chavaux here in New York, Olivetta in L.A., which I had to mention because it is owned by former Ladies of London cast member Marissa Hermer. Uh, oh. and her, yeah, I know. I've been following Marissa very closely. Olivetta is actually very, very like hip. Ladies of London, incredible Bravo show. Can't wait for Real Housewives of Dubai starring Caroline Stanberry. Anyway. I love Caroline. Um, they're basically saying can't wear jeans, can't wear shorts, can't look like crap. And I... Um, Is it a blazer only thing? It depends on it depends on the place. But it's like okay. sort of like a movement towards dress codes. And I'm mostly on board, but there was one thing in this article that I did not care for, which is apparently there is a restaurant in Houston. It's called Juliet. So I'm really upset about this. It's like insulting, Mm. insulting the name, the brand clothing, emitting offensive odors is not permitted. Like what's an offensive odor? You know, like, why do you have too much cologne? Do we have to make these rules? Do we have to say that out Like, I'm like, who are you targeting with that? Like, it's just like, that's was, that a, did a, was that a, was that a big problem before you had to be put the sign up? Are you worried about people not showering or like who are you targeting with this? this it really this is like really last week's balcony, balcony to balcony. It's like <laughs> balcony to balcony jumping. It's like why yeah. what, why are we being so specific about this? Like, I know. It's, it, 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 I'm upset now. You dress know, code. I, was, I support. I'm into dress code, but that, that thing I'm not really into. And I, but my only thing about the dress code is like. I want them to be able to communicate that to me in advance in a manner where I don't feel like offended. You know what I mean? So like when I make the reservations, there should be some sort of communication or something like that. Because I just want to know, I don't want to get there and then be like, sorry, you can't eat here because you're wearing jeans. And I've got like a, and I've got like, you know, nice jeans and, and I've got a button up and a blazer and hard bottom shoes. And they're like, sorry, you can't eat here. I'm like, how am I supposed to know that? I know. Like when I got, a, I got a ticket one time for not having a bell on my bike. Like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> I didn't like, know, that know, was how a law. know that law. Exactly. I'm like, I'm not paying this ticket. I mean, I did go through a red light. He added the bell on the bike thing. I was just like, this <laughs> is really, I need to know in advance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is bizarre. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You always say to me, you've been saying this to others, I'm sure as well. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. And so if yes. you want to have a dress code, great. Like we're on board. I'd love to have a fancy night out. But just how about like delicately when I confirm my reservation, send an email, be like, we can't wait to see you. Come and come to impress. Wear whatever the best dressed. Like make it a rhyme, as I just did. And yeah, I and mean, also it'd be like, do you have any food allergies? Be like we're gonna send you an email to make sure your experience is, is perfect, and you can kind of like act like you're trying to make their experience nice, but really you're just burying in there. Like you know, the, the pill and the peanut butter is is don't wear jeans and don't look like a slob and don't smell. Yeah. But, but you're asking about food allergies and prefer, prefer yes. preparations. And stuff. Yeah. When you're getting specific, asking me about my food allergies, please be specific in response with what you do not want to see. Because there's this restaurant in Dallas called Catbird, per the New York Times, where they they say smart, casual, or better. And I'm just like, what the hell does that mean? Like, what, what? smart? Yeah, I know. Well, that, those are three. Those, it is London. Dal- like you're in Dallas. Like, what are you talking those about? Do not say anything about clothes to me. I know. <laughs> Better, like what do you need or better? It's like the bars at Smart Casual. Okay, 
I know. And I went to an event recently where the dress code was like festive cocktail. I'm just like, what is that? Like, I, what kind of shoes am I supposed to be wearing? Like, I, I just, I need, I need specifics, you know, or like pictures or something like that. Recommended outfits, whatever. I'm on board, but be specific. That's what I'm saying. And also don't be rude. Offensive odors. Come on. That's ridiculous. It really is. All right. Let's move on. This is a really intriguing story. This is from Gizmodo. Some geniuses at John Hopkins University have introduced a burrito tape to help keep your burrito uh, packed tightly as you eat it. It's called Tasty Tape. It's mostly, it's almost invisible and it's edible. Um, I am curious how you feel about like a a tape to keep your burrito sealed, Jacoby. Okay, a couple things. We don't need this invention. I love love these kids are, are, are doing this. This is shout to them. I hope they make billions of dollars. But I have a, a, a mechanism to keep my burrito together. It's called my hand. <laughs> I, so I hold the burrito. I don't, it's, I don't do like a handsless burrito contest. So I hold the, the burrito together. The problem are the people that make the burritos. I'm at Chipotle and I'm like, bro, that is too much stuff. Like, why, why is this like a challenge? Like, I watch them. I'm like, I'm like, have some lettuce. I'm like, and I watch them do it. I'm like, what are we trying to do here? What are we, that's your fault. I it's can't believe this fault. take. I can't believe this take, this story has turned into you blaming the anonymous, wonderful people of Chipotle. Back off, man. I love no, Chipotle. No. Well, it's also, there's a mom and pop burrito and taco place right by where I work, which is, it's delicious. But every time they're making the burrito, I'm like, dial it back. Here's, dial here's it back. counterpoint. Burritos should be eaten with chips and the chips are used to funnel the excess into your mouth. And so, and point. so, you want it to be stuffed to the gills and you know what? It's on you to not to figure out when you're done, listen to your body. And so get chips, shovel at extra. Like I prefer to not have a fork for a burrito, like take a few bites to open it up and then use the chip oh, as like a oh. shovel and then keep eating the outside and like taking nibbles. But it's primarily a two hander like where you are using one hand to hold the burrito and the other for the chip to dip. And like, that is the best way to eat a burrito and does not require this tape. Also, I lived in San Francisco for three and a half years. Big burritos. Huge burritos. Big burrito town. LA's tacos, San Francisco's burritos. It's like, it's just a huge, huge difference. And you know what they do they use there to wonderful effect? Fucking tinfoil. It's just not yes. that complicated. Yeah, exactly. Wrap it up. It's just not hard. I would say- if someone said to me, like, let's solve a problem with burrito eating, I would say it's more like liquid based. It's the dripping out of the bottom. It's, the it's not the middle staying together. It's the, it's the yeah. Liquid. And I like a lot of lettuce. And sometimes the lettuce comes with a little liquid and just in the salsa. And it's like all of a sudden it's the, it's the liquidity of the content of the burrito is the problem. So make a tape for that, Johns Hopkins kids. I know. Sorry, I just came after them. I, I, I love know. you guys. So- you guys are great children. <laughs> Some problems don't need to be solved, aka they're not problems. And I don't view... Uh, yeah, I've got a hand. I've got yeah, a hand to keep I, This is just together. not something that we need in this world. But I guess like, cool. You know, there may be some other ways to use edible tape. Like I feel like in baking, it would be like a lot more useful when you're, instead of like having mm. to use icing. But like burrito is just not where yes. I need it. See, you know what? Great invention, bad application. Yeah, exactly. That, that, I like where your head's at. I'm trying to think of other things off the top of my head, but I, but I can't, but it's like, I'm sure there is... A, a use for this in the culinary world you sure. guys just sort of misapplied it on very much intent. how about also like for transit like you know let's say mike was bringing something more delicate than 120 bagels to atlanta <laughs> and he wanted to make sure it didn't move around in his bag or like on the tray you know like he's just, like holding a tray of cupcakes for some celebration 
tape that shit down so it doesn't move. That could be useful. Tape it down. Yeah, tape it down. exactly. All right. Let's move on. One more story before we get into personal food news. Well, I really think that one thing about the burrito tape, I think this is sort of like Facebook starting out as a dating app. Mm. You know what I mean? It's just like you guys, you invented something that's valuable. You just have to pivot. Yeah, it's just, you need new marketers or you need marketing altogether. Just position it differently, you know? All right, one more story. And shout out to the Washington Post. If you're interested in food stories that are also like lifestyle stories, they've got them for you. I feel like we've gotten some really good ones from them. I appreciate your work. Thank you, Karina Elwood and the Washington Post. Now, this is about the beloved Old Bay Spice. Do you have an emotional attachment of any kind to Old Bay Spice? People will really fucking love it. Yes, it should not be regional. It, this should be a worldwide phenomenon. This should yeah. be like salt, pepper, Old Bay. Yeah. I, mean, I should French. It should always be an option. If, if you serve French fries, you should also have Old Bay on the table. Yeah, I, I, it's just like it's interesting that it's so. It's like it is so local. Have you ever had Tony Sachery's? It's like a another kind of seasoning from uh, Louisiana. Yes. Yeah, that's another one. That I'm just like, why isn't that more widespread? Anyway, um, this the occasion for this article is that Goldfish and Old Bay have co- collabed for Goldfish Old Bay season crackers because apparently people were doing that on their own. I didn't know this that this was like a common snack that people in the maryland area were having but now we all can because they package it and they're selling it amazing when when you think about that i've never had old bay goldfish mm-hmm. but when you think about it it's a no-brainer it's like yeah of course yeah that'd be great yeah i mean i just basically love all uh goldfish of all kinds so i can't imagine this being bad um anyway this is like turned into a really moving story because the creator of old bay spice uh was a german man who fled germany after kristallnacht in the 30s and he was having a hard time finding work he had been a spice merchant back in germany and he started his own spice company which turned in which turned out old bay spice so it's like a beautiful regional story it's so so lovely there's some great details like he was selling individual spices and then he was like looking at the fishermen create their own spice mix so he's like let me sell the spice mix and then he wanted to patent it but he didn't want to give away the ingredients or the secret so he put tiny little hints of like cinnamon and cumin and things that you usually wouldn't use in a like fish spice mix and he, he found out that those was like a little happy accident it was like oh look at that yeah so it, gave, it gave old bay like its own little twist and then he gave it away for free it was very like crack dealer he gave it away for free <laughs> And everybody just came back for it. And now it's a family business. Yeah. And um, people try to copy it, but they can't because it is like truly a secret recipe. Uh, and it's just, a, it's just a great story. I don't know. It's like such a beloved item. It's cool. And there's a, a cool history behind it. And another detail I really enjoyed was that the original spice grinder is in a museum in Maryland. I'm just like, yeah, yeah preserve that shit. But, 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 see, Julia, I'm glad you brought up that detail because like, when I was reading the article, I was like, I need to see that. Why? Yeah. Why do I need to see a spice grinder that creates old bag? Why? It's what am I going to do? It's not the Mona Lisa. I'm going to well, go there and be like, wow, look at that. I don't even know what a spice grinder looks like. Hopefully the world will be around far enough in the future. But I was recently in Mexico City and like went to this archaeological museum and saw like all these old artifacts from... Um, the like earlier civilizations in, in Mexico, like from the Aztecs and, and even before. And I'm like, you know, future civilizations will come to Maryland and just, and see this spice grinder. And they'll be like, Oh, that's how they did it back then before everything was like synthetic fake food. So yeah, yeah before we're taking food pills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Before we had edible tape. Um, all right, Jacoby hit me with your personal food news. You've been in Miami. I'm dying to know what it's been like. You know, it's hard Ooh. when your food routine is disrupted. That's the hardest part of travel as a as an old person. 
Um, you can't just be like, oh, like, whatever's around. Whatsoever. That is, I do not agree with that whatsoever. That's wow. the hard, the hard part of travel is having your food routine interrupted. Well, yeah, that's it's hard, hard it. for you. That's yeah. not part of it. There's, I had a no, 4.30 no, no. flight I, yesterday. I get excited to travel just for food reasons. But I had a 4.30 flight yesterday and I was like, what am I going to do for dinner? There's no good options at the airport. It was like an in-between time to pick something up. It fucked, it fucked things up. So I had Pop-Tart minis on the plane. But this is your personal food news. Talk to me about what's been going on down in the 305. Okay. I have not had any truly Miami dishes. Right after this recording, I plan on going to a gluten restaurant. Nice. Um, that, that is something that's very important to me. However... I did have a personal food news that does relate to this pod and things that previously been stated. I went to a coffee place that I've never gone to. It's on my walk to work. Um, it's called the Kubo Kubo Cafe or something. It's on okay. right in um, Fulton. I've never gone there and I serve coffee. I was getting Two coffee. I always go to McNally Jackson, which is a wonderful place to drink coffee and wine and beer and read. And I went in there. I said, can I have an iced coffee with milk? She goes, we don't have iced coffee, but we have cold brew. And I was like, all right, fine. And I remember thinking, like, this can't be that much different of an experience. The first sip, I was like, this is not as good as iced coffee. And not only that, I found it to, like, make me, and I can, I have a very high caffeine tolerance. It made me very jittery. It just, it just reinforced the, the, the revolution that you have started, Julia Littman, that cold brew is not only lesser than iced coffee, it's kind of trash. Yeah. And, and that experience just, just really reinforced that to me, Julia, that that food take Unlike many of your other ones, like like <laughs> like tr- food is one of the most stressful parts of traveling, is correct. I love when you agree with me, man. That's so great. Yeah, it's trash. I I feel like everyone's being tricked. It's kind. Of, sometimes I'm just like, what is going on? Why does everyone like this crappy coffee? I have this problem a lot in LA where I just was. <laughs> um. Well, thanks for joining the revolution. The only good cold brew is La Colombe. I love the Brazilian blend. It's so fucking good. My personal food news, as mentioned, I was on a plane yesterday. I mm. had the first row in like oh, the bulkhead, not in first class, but like I was like in the very beginning, the very front. So I got to see everyone come on board. This man walked on holding two large shopping bags of Portos, which is delicious. Portos is a bakery in LA. They have like these amazing like potato balls, also really good desserts. It was all great. But I thought of Mike 30 seconds and I saw this man carrying these uh, shopping bags. He was just like, fuck it. I'm checking everything. My only carry ons, my two carry on items are Portos. And I guess, he, I guess he just loves people back in New York and knew they love Portos and decided to bring with him. But I was like, wow, I, I guess this is more common than I realized. And this seems like a business opportunity because once again, it was bonkers. Again, this is, Mike Morgan has started a revolution. Like this, these bagels at this Bob Mitzvah have changed everything. He listens to food news and he was like, people need portos in New York. So I'm going to check my bags. And then I wonder if, if anyone made the calculation because you're supposed to have like one personal item and one carry on yeah. bag, but he's got two bags technically, but they're technically also like personal items. I know. Could he have brought it all, like a backpack as well? Would that have gotten past him? I don't know. They're kind of strict about it these days. So I, I don't know, but I was so, I was so flabbergasted. I was like, wow. This, also, this man loves his family or his friends, well, to, whoever. To borrow something from another great podcast, soft mover boss move, bringing two big <laughs> bags of portos. I don't know. It made me rethink my shock about Mike, but the Mike situation was really the, the quantity this guy had less. And also the fact that like, 
he wasn't actually going to be having bringing fresh bagels to the bat mitzvah. <laughs> so that was upsetting as well. But I don't know. I need. To, I'm. I'm processing all this information. I'll, I'll let you know how I'm feeling in the future. But so I'm, I'm wait, not. Wait, 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 wait. We're doing a food news follow up about your own feelings. Yeah, yeah, we are. This is amazing. This this is <laughs> this is the, the level of detail which Julia is committed to expressing <laughs> herself on this podcast accurately. That she needs a full week to know how she feels about someone bringing bakery items on the plate. Well, I'm just the the big part of it is like, am I willing to retract any of my comments that I made about Mike's situation? You know, like I need to rethink that one based on what I witness on the plane. So sorry, Jacoby. I just want to have a nuanced conversation. I don't want to have a take. You know, we live in the take economy and I'm resisting. I'm not being critical. I'm celebrating you. I'm celebrating your commitment to just make sure that you're expressing yourself appropriately. Thank you so much. On that note, I hope you have a great Cuban food experience in Miami. Avoid all of the cold brew i think i'm rooting for the celtics so go celtics uh this is being recorded before game two thank you so much to mike wargon for producing this episode and thank you all for listening this episode is brought to you by state farm you might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong But these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.